0: feeling distant from God, which is so confusing because when we're performing for God, we think in our minds that, well, I should be close to him. I mean, I'm serving you, Jesus. I'm ushering at church. I'm leading the Bible study. I'm giving extra time for you. I'm teaching my
2: kids all these things. this should add up to being close to you. Fitness and wellness expert, naturopath, and adventure enthusiast, Wendy Pet,
1: And my husband, Todd Isburner. He's a fundraising guru, men's mentor, and Bible scholar.
2: And as a couple, we're going to share riveting breakthrough stories from our guests who've experienced the meaning of a changed life.
1: Our hope is that you will be inspired, equipped, and entertained along your own life journey.
2: So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough.
1: Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm your host, Wendy Pett.
2: I'm Todd Isburner, and Wendy, I have a question for you. Okay. <laughs> what do you think of when you hear the word intimacy?
1: Well, I mean, I think of a marriage. I think of uh, the intimacy within um, just, you know, a friendship, that authenticity, the uh, vulnerability, the honesty. Mm. That's that's what intimacy is to yeah, me. Yeah, it
2: brings a real connection between two yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you think of when you hear the word performance?
1: Okay, <laughs> I didn't know you are going to ask me these questions. Okay, performance. Um, I think of like professional athletes, I guess, because they're getting paid. Yeah, they're getting paid to perform. Yeah, they're they're to perform. To perform. yeah. and um, let's see, performance, performance. I think of maybe someone in business that needs to perform and have a certain sales quota oh, yeah. or something like Absolutely. that. Or,
2: yeah.
1: Oh, I know what I think of. What's I think that? of um, when we were out of town and we <laughs> lucked out and got that really awesome car. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: you're, talking about, you're talking about the charger with, with the Hemi, hemi engine.
1: engine. It was like, Oh yeah. Uh, it was just
2: touching the gas. That'd it be, was so much fun. That, that, that could, could perform. perform. Okay. I get it. Okay, I got it. All right. All right, now what do you think about in terms of your relationship with God? Is it one of performance or one of intimacy?
1: Oh you know, are you asking me or are you asking them? Because well, <laughs> I think I, it's a little bit of both yeah. if I were to be honest, yeah. right? If I were to be yeah. intimate with this question, yeah. <laughs> it's probably a little bit of both sometimes. Well,
2: I, I would totally agree with you, but I think we're going to learn some things here. And I know we're going to learn some things. John Fugler is our guest today. And he has a real breakthrough story of how to get out of the bondage of performance mm. and into a place of freedom and intimacy.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, we need to hear a little bit more about John. So here's John. John is uh, has been writing for Christian audiences for 40 years, sharing simple truths that have had a profound impact on the lives of believers. He has had a long career in Christian broadcasting, publishing, and missions, and has a passion to take the gospel to the least reached and engaged, unengaged around the world. John is the author of the Your Life with God devotional series, and it's in, he's inspiring readers to immerse themselves in their relationship with God. And he's also the founder of something new, and it's, it's mm-hmm. great with the title. It's called Fresh Faith, Fresh Faith 24-7. Fresh Faith, 24/7. And, yeah, and he's helping believers gain freedom of the bondage of performance Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so with that, we want to bring on John Fugler right now. Welcome to your biggest breakthrough.
2: Hey, John, good to have you with us. Good to be here, friends. I love uh, spending time with you, too. And you know all about performance. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get into that a little bit because uh, John was also an athlete. And just like you mentioned earlier, I mean, that's some of the criteria you have to perform that's right. as an athlete. But John also uh, discovered things about performing For God. And John, I just want to ask you I think you mentioned this to me before you got started here. Like you were told to read your Bible every day, at least five minutes a day. And so, four or five minutes. Yeah, you'd think that would be a great idea, but why was that a bad idea, John? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you'd think, uh, who is
0: this guy throwing the Bible out? Um, When I became a Christian, I was the guy who was in the back row of a small church uh, on a Sunday night service. A cold winter night in upstate New York, snow on the ground. You can imagine that. I was a high school football player, high school athlete, and a college football coach came to speak. And he didn't talk about football. He fooled me. He tricked me.
2: Uh Instead, he (laughs) talked
0: about how to be born again. Uh, John three, Nicodemus. And I was the kid who had heard that for the first time. And I went from the back row when we had the altar call and I went forward and I gave my life to Christ. Wow. Uh, and that's the way it started.
1: How old, how, were, you? How old were you? Yeah, yeah. What was your age? I was 16. 16? I was okay.
0: 16. Cool. And um, I was a shy kid and here I was up in front of the church. Mm. So what'd they do? They whisked me away into that side room, you know, that side room where they take the new <laughs> believers and you wonder where did they go? <laughs> and I was, that, I was that guy too. So, I think they gave me a Bible and they said, if you don't do anything else, read
2: the Bible five minutes a day. Okay. That and, sounds like an awesome idea. I right, mean, I would yeah. think so. The way Better you would start to, yeah, open yourself <laughs> up to learning who God is. And
0: Well, you know, it is good advice, except for an athlete like me. So I was a performer. Uh, this was like music to my ears. Oh, great. How can I make this Christian life work? I had no idea what I did that night. I came home and told my parents I was born again and that's all I knew. Uh, but that's what I did. I think reading the Bible five minutes a day caused me to hang in there Mm -hmm. in the Christian faith because I did just about every day. I would read it for five minutes a day, but that really connected my life to my Christian life and the performance aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I was starting my Christian life, performing, doing these things, doing things for God and only built from there. It's good to read the Bible, but if it takes the place of relationship with Christ, that's not good. And from that point on, really for the next 40 years, my life was characterized by performance Christianity. I I tell people I'm a recovering uh, performaholic for Jesus. <laughs> and that's, that really is true.
1: Yeah, recovering perfectionist. We've talked about that on yeah, the show exactly. before as well. And so that five minutes of of reading God's word, um, I mean, you could check that one off the box. You got that done, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and that's not where it stopped. You know, right, right. It, it took about a year for me to figure this Christian life out. Uh, I was not in a, I was in a dead church, the church where I came to Christ. It was 20 miles away from home. I'd never get there again. Maybe I think 30 years later, I went back there and, and drove by and looked at it, but I was, I was alone in my faith. Mm-hmm. So when somebody finally got a hold of me to disciple me, and I did all the right things. I was ready. I was there to eat it up. Uh, devotions, you know, have personal devotions or a quiet time. I made sure I did that faithfully so God would approve of me. I was trained how to share my faith. So I went out and did that. I made sure I, I did that and because it was living obediently for the Lord. I led Bible studies to help people grow in Christ. I had to do that if, if, I were, if God would be happy with me. I even adopted James one twenty two as my life verse. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. Mm. Mm. It is a wonderful verse. I love that verse. But that verse became the center of my life rather than my relationship with Jesus. Mm. I was eating up all the how-to Christian life books that were coming out at that time in the 70s and 80s, you know, like, Uh, five steps for a thriving Christian marriage, uh, seven ways to raise healthy children, the four pillars of Christian growth. And we all wanted those. And I went to a lot of conferences where the Christian speakers affirmed that step-by-step process for Christian growth. That's what my life was like for 40 years. Uh, And then you sound like a super Christian to me. I
1: I know right?
0: on the outside. Yes. Mm. But I couldn't crack that relationship. It was it was performance. I, was, I had ups and downs, had some great spiritual times and seasons, but there was something missing. I was really distant from God. There was a coldness. There was, I had a problem with anger that plagued me for years. I was really missing something, and I didn't know what to do, but I kept living that way went into full-time Christian work, which only mm-hmm. propagated that further. I mean, I was, I was the guy who was performing, 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 looking good on the outside, but boy, I was, I was really having a hard time inside.
1: And John, mm-hmm. I know you are speaking to so many that are listening yeah. right now that are doing all the, you know, quote unquote, right things. They're going to church, they're in Bible study, they're, they're immersed in, in God's word, and yet they're missing that intimacy. Yeah. And so what um, unlocked that intimacy for you?
0: The Lord has used uh, two books in my life, outside the Bible, of course, <laughs> and yes, I still read it five yes. minutes a day. <laughs> oh, you read it more J- than just that. Just
1: five? Uh, I, I, I do
0: longer, so don't get me right. I, it's yeah. the cart before the horse, you know, right, and right. we don't want to get the, the cart first, but uh, so two books. One was David Platt's book, Radical, mm, which uh, mm. awakened me to the plight of those who have no access to the gospel and how we can reach them, a third of our population of, of the world, A third of us have no access to the gospel. And the second one is one that a friend of mine gave to me. Jeff gave me a a book called With, Reimagining How You Relate to God, Reimagining Your Relationship with God. And it was Sky Jathani is the author. And if you know, Sky is a pretty uh, well-known Christian author. Mm -hmm. And he challenged me about this whole thing of our relationship with God, that we live Uh, over God, under God, and another way we live is for God. And that was me. Mm -hmm. I was living for God. And what I was doing is I was equating my relationship with God with my performance or my service for him. And I'll tell you, when you've served the Lord and you have success, there's an emotional satisfaction and there's a joy, there's an excitement. And I was replacing, uh, that was that was almost false because I was I was living off that rather than living off living Jesus. Off of that mm-hmm. adrenaline,
1: the mm-hmm. adrenaline of serving, right?
0: Yeah, and, and serving Jesus. I mean, how could how could it be any worse than that? Sky uh, I, I have a quote here from his book. He, he quoted uh, Gordon McDonald because I was in full-time Christian work, running Christian radio stations, working alongside Utah and mm-hmm. and fundraisers on Christian stations, active in church. And he calls, uh, Gordon McDonald calls this missionalism. And this really hit me. He says, missionalism starts slowly and gains a foothold in the leader's attitude. Before long, the mission controls almost everything, hmm. time, relationships, health, spiritual depth, ethics, and convictions. In advanced stages, missionalism means doing whatever it takes to solve the problem. In its worst iteration, the end always justifies the means. And then listen to this. The family goes. Health is sacrificed. Integrity is jeopardized. God connection is limited. And I think, Todd and Wendy, we know of many Christian leaders that have just fizzled out and fallen away because I think of this, of this, what he calls missionalism, I call it performance Christianity. And it's not just Christian leaders. It's any believer and it, can fall into this. It's yeah. even
1: idolatry.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the serving can be a form of idolatry. Well, John, 40 years, uh, you, you knew you had a relationship with Christ. It just wasn't a deep, intimate relationship. And all of the performance that you did must have in some way tried to compensate for the lack of intimacy. So I, I guess how, how do you while you're you're running along for forty years in this mode how do you start to discover that wait a second this is not where I really wanted to be with God this is not the kind of intimacy I think I can have what what led to that that point in time where you decided to wake yourself up
0: well you're my counselor here now Todd um, <laughs> laying here on the couch and um, are you, comfortable? Uh, Are you comfortable with that? I don't yeah. want to make
2: you uncomfortable. <laughs> share away.
0: Well, it, it was that book, uh, you know, okay. uh, Sky's book with, I, I would highly recommend that to anybody. It, it'll open your eyes. And what it did, it, it shifted my perspective that I remember the day I came to Christ. And the reason I came to Christ is because I said to myself, if God can accept me for who I am, then I can. If God can accept me for who I am, then I can.
2: Beautiful.
0: And yet I lived for 40 years, not under the grace of Jesus that he offered. And I wasn't accepting myself. And it, it was a, I had to have this shift first mentally hmm. that I don't need to perform for Jesus, that everything that I was doing for Jesus, uh, you know, it, it was good, but there's nothing that replaces that relationship. There's a verse that uh, Sky brings out that uh, I've been just studying uh, for the last three years or so. And it's uh, Philippians three, eight, where, you know, Paul talk about a guy who served mm-hmm. Paul mm-hmm. performed for Jesus. Right. Yeah. And you yeah. would think, um, wow, this guy had it all together. I want to be like Paul, but he said this, and this was the key that's changing my life. And in, uh, in Philippians three, eight, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, mm-hmm. Paul I thought you knew Jesus if anybody who know Jesus but he said no I'm not done i I want to, I'm knowing Jesus and then he goes on in in, in Philippians 3:10 that says I want to know Christ I want to know Christ that was his goal to know Christ to know Christ to know Christ and so his service for Christ came out of that Paul went through terrible times as we know he was beaten he was robbed he was in shipwrecks and all of that and yet, because he knew Christ, he was able to go through that. His worth wasn't based on what he did. His worth was based on knowing Jesus.
1: Mm. Yeah. What a what a mindset shift, too, of, of knowing it's an I get to, not I have to, mm-hmm. right? I get yeah, to serve get you,
2: to. Jesus. I get to do this. What, so what does that really mean? What What does it mean to really know Christ?
0: I, I look at it as um, if you go out west and maybe through Arizona and the roads are cut through rock and you look to the right and to the left and you see, you know these layers of rock there's all different strata and as you look you can identify the layers pretty clearly of what the you know how these how these came about and and i look at knowing christ like that where you're digging through every layer and it takes a lifetime uh, this is going to this was a lifetime process yeah. it was for paul it is is for us but to dig through each layer and discover something new, if you're an archaeologist, you sit there, you sit with a spoon and you're digging <laughs> through that rock there, the sandstone and everything else there. And it, you've got to have a lot of patience to dig through those little pieces, but you're looking at it, you're admiring it. You, you know, if a geologist will go, wow, and we'll go, oh, that's nice. And you move on to the next one. <laughs> But that geologist knows the rock. He's studying the rock. He's picking it up in his, his hands, running through through his fingers and looking at the stone, turning it over. That's what it means, I think, to know Jesus, that we, we don't know just about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of it. But we have to know him personally. Mm-hmm. Knowing Jesus can become another one of those performance things where, yes, I studied about Jesus today for my 30 minutes. I did my mm-hmm. theological study. But really understanding him as to who he is, that's that's really the, the crux of it all. And uh, you mentioned earlier the fact that I really want to help people on the path to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. And it is a path, and it takes time. You get to know Christ. You find your upper room, wherever it might be, where you have that time with the Lord. Uh, there, there's a
2: lot of elements to that knowing Jesus. John, are there some uh, are there some signs that begin to surface in a Christian's life when they're not as intimate with God as they'd like to be that that begins to, you know, cause them to be restless and and if so what what would those signs be? What what should we be looking at? As the as the signposts, if you will, that we're not as intimate as we could be. Maybe it's a, a lack of joy or, or whatever it is. But just comment on that, because certainly in your own life and the lives of others that you've met, there have to be some some signs that we can that that point us to this place of need to become intimate.
0: Yes, um, you mentioned one of them, a you know, lack of joy, ups and downs in your Christian life, mm. coldness toward toward Christ, mm. just a real staleness those types of things that you you feel that there's something missing, that you you should be right with God, but you're not really right with God. And you've got the ups and downs, the staleness, the coldness, feeling distant from God, which is so confusing because when we're performing for God, we think in our minds that, well, I should be close to him. I mean, I'm serving you, Jesus. I'm ushering at church. I'm leading the Bible study. I'm giving extra time for you. I'm teaching my kids, all these things. I, this should add up to being close to you, but then we get alone away from all that excitement and we find that I'm really feeling distant from Jesus, but I'm afraid to tell anybody that <laughs> I've got a cold relationship. I've got a sin problem. I can't get over these kinds of things show that there's something missing in our mm-hmm. relationship with Jesus or yes. knowing of him.
1: So is it um, more of fear of not being accepted or fear of other people finding out? And that's why people aren't really honest um, with their relationship with God. Do you think that's it?
0: I know for me, I can just say that I, maybe I was afraid of of myself <laughs> You know that I didn't want to admit it. Mm. Right. It's like, come on, I've invested my whole life in this
1: so more. of
0: serving Jesus. Yeah. And I mean, that doesn't, yeah that doesn't add up and, right, right. Right. and I've got to relearn and I've got to continue to practice so um, kind of pride, this new way of life of pride mm. in a way. Sure. You know, like sure. I've, I've been
1: doing all this. I'm good. Um, so yeah, I think just being honest, it's
0: and not knowing the answer. I mean, if right. you're, if, if you're one who likes to serve, you may not have a, a propensity to have close relationships. So you don't even know
2: how to have that, that close mm. relationship with Jesus. I, I, wish we could have, I wish we could have James, the writer of James, <laughs> in on this conversation, because, because I got thank you John, just uh, certainly part of our relationship would include performance, if you will. I, I don't want to misuse that word, but the book of James talks about showing or proving our faith by our good deeds, by our works, or by performing those good works. So draw the distinction between that. And intimacy, and you hit on that uh, on James. You know, James one twenty
0: two, be doers of the word, not hearers only. And I led the charge for years. <laughs> I ran a, a Christian radio station. That was our theme verse, and we were going to get people to uh, obey Christ and do great things for Him. Yes, that you're right, Todd. It is. Uh, and but I go back to John fifteen, which is my all time favorite uh, passage: abiding in Christ, remaining in Christ. Uh, and Jesus tells us we need to abide in him, we need to ar- remain in him, we need to be connected with him, just like a vine is to the, the main branch. And he's, he makes this statement, he says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. God looks at it and differently than we look at it as humans. So there, there's that balance there. It's like, okay, what comes first? I look at it as Above the ground and below the ground. Above the ground is everything that people can see, everything that we see, and we can show off really well in our, our Christian life. Not that we're trying to show off, but it's like we really want to be obedient mm-hmm. to Jesus. We really do. So, this isn't like we're bad bad people, but it's like a tomato plant we had last year that was in this bucket and just started growing and growing, and, and we had to tie it off to the pole here and there, and this thing, every day I'd come back, it would be bigger And then, then it happened. One of the, one of the vines snapped, you know, just leaning over. It was still hanging there and the potato tomato was starting to grow. And, and I'm going, well, let's put this back together. And I got some tape and I taped the vine (laughs) back together. (laughs) Yes, right. And I had that going and I propped it up and, and I came back the next, the very next day, this thing was withered. It was withered. There was nothing. I mean, I couldn't tape it. And that's the way it is our relationship with Jesus. We need to abide and we need to be connected or else we're going to wither really fast. So So
1: true. And, you know, John, I have to ask this quick question. You know, usually when we have, like if we're, you know, performance Christianity, that's kind of what you're calling it usually that kind of spills over in other areas of our life. And so I don't know if you want to tap into this, but did you notice your performance based kind of the way you're wired spilling over in other areas and other relationships? Well,
0: I was really competitive. I still am. So I have to watch out for that. Thankfully, my Dodgers won the World Series, but it was a long 32 <laughs> years. <laughs> <laughs> and like so you. I won't I won't go there, though, because, yeah, I, like I said, I had an anger problem I I really – didn't give myself a break. Everything was about winning. Everything was about performing. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm an extreme from who your listeners are, but I really believe there are others who are in the same situation, yes. but I didn't want to admit it. And maybe they don't want to admit it. So that anger thing was big. Our family are fast walkers. It's hard to keep up with the fuglers when you're walking with them. We're always awesome. a step ahead of you. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so it's yeah. like a good competition. I'm going to get there uh-huh. first. Uh-huh. Nuni says, slow down. And I go, okay. And I'm trying to slow down, but I want to walk fast. But it's, it's that outward appearance that the, the, our value is by what's seen. And our, our value is in our relationship with Jesus. And how can we relearn this? How can we reimagine our relationship with God? As Sky Juthani says, it, it takes time. It takes effort. And I would like to say that, uh, you know, person that I am, I would say, okay, here are the five steps I can give you right. to That's really get to know Jesus have and have your relationship with, you? with him.
2: Come on, man. Yeah. So, I, so I it's say, like, ah, <laughs> I, was no, gonna ask I can't you that question. <laughs> I want the five steps. How do
0: you get into it? <laughs> <me? laughs> but um, it's, it's a personal path right there, you have to be on. You're different. I'm different. Uh, it starts by spending time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It really does. I know that's just a such a simple answer, but as we sit down with him and we get to know him, I wrote a series of devotional books, Your Life with God, that at the end of each day, it's a 30-day devotional centered on one on joy, one on faith, one on courage, prayer. When you get at the end of each one, there's not an action point of go do this, because I, I I just wanted to get away from that. Mm-hmm. I I, I it, it always points back to Jesus. How can we point back to Jesus and everything we do? That's um that's what it's all about. And it's it's not a formula, but it is time with him, being honest with him, studying scripture for the relationship, not for the knowledge,
2: really. And for you, writing those devotionals uh, became not a spiritual discipline so much as it did, just a process of getting to know Jesus even yeah. more deeply because you're 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 intentionally reading his word and praying to get to know him better. So I think I mean that that in itself was a great outcome for you. Uh, I know you wanted to share with others uh, these various topics that you've written about. But, but surely that process for you was another way of becoming more intimate.
0: Yes. I, f- I find that uh, writing for me is cleansing, whether anybody mm-hmm. reads it or not. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, this is good. It, and my day goes so much better because I feel like I'm I'm spiritually cleansed. I don't know what it is about it. Everybody has their way. Uh, what, what is your what is your way? Maybe we should all
2: just continue to encourage ourselves to journal. journal. Yeah. Not all the time, but on occasion. I'll do that mm-hmm. once in a while. And I mm-hmm. find, too, when I journal, it almost turns into a prayer because I, yep. I I'm I'm connecting in a deeper way with God.
1: And you're, and it's a a, a time that you can be intimate. Like it's almost like a, like you said, it's a cleansing. You're pouring out. You're dumping out your, your feelings and emotions and just all of it on paper, and it just feels good. It's not so trapped, mm. trapped in your mind and trapped in your heart. So that's a, a great way. Hey, um, you mentioned, of course, spending time with Jesus, and I was thinking about a friend of mine wrote a, a devotional called To a Child, Love is Spelled T-I-M-E, and I would like to say, you know, to mm. any of us and to know Jesus, love is T-I-M-E.
2: Mm. Um, it is. What, That's good. I like that. This is so crucial for all of us who um, who claim to be followers of Jesus, right? To, to not perform so much as we do to to love and enjoy and, and be connected. But John, there are people all around us, and maybe you know, we recognize we're on this pathway. It's a journey. It'll take time to become more and more intimate, but we're very aware and very eager to become more intimate. What happens when we have loved ones around us uh, or an acquaintance even, and we, we can just see, man, they are so trapped in the bondage of performance. If only I could help them see that and bring them to that place of freedom, How- how do you start the process with them? What would you recommend we do
1: without offending them? Yeah, without like, offending them.
2: Right? Like, dude, like, you are just, you not are intimate. so
1: not on track.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't quote apart from me, you can't do nothing. Jesus said, you're doing nothing. Right. Um, you're
1: really messing up, <laughs> let me tell you.
0: <laughs> I would, you've got to get to know that person. I think, uh, you've got to have that, you got to earn the right to be able to share those kinds of things mm-hmm. with them. And so that's, that's one thing. I, I think one of the things that, Really helped me. Uh, spent a full year in the Book of John, only because it just took that long. <laughs> it was yeah, th- yeah. it was a short study guide, but took me all year. Yeah. Uh, I didn't rush through it, and that is uh, getting into Scripture and really studying who Jesus is, and really spend and try to picture yourself there with Him. Mm. Um, don't rush through the passages and verses, but but really try to put yourself in that that situation. But as far as trying to help somebody else, that's a good question. I mean, I that's the reason I started Fresh Faith 24-7 is because I wanted people to immerse in this, yeah. that they are, uh, number one, being able to dive into the kind of content that I've placed there. It's short video devotional content that, that challenges them in their relationship with Jesus. And then I lead them through three uh, ways to approach the spiritual, uh, the the biblical content. And that is to read, reflect, and pray. So, you know, read that verse or passage, Reflect on it, which for some of us is really hard because we want to get up and do things. And the third thing is pray through it and that develop that attitude. And you can do that in in taking a verse of scripture. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I would advise that for a listener or viewer.
1: And you can find that at freshfaith247.com. Definitely check it out because, um, John, definitely, I think people need and actually desire someone to walk with them through the journey because it is a little scary on your own you're like or even if you think you get it all figured out that's where you end up stumbling right like you're not that intimate uh you do need to have someone that has gone before you and is is a different level within their faith to take you to your next level and so um i think that that's what you're providing here is is uh, a way for them to become more intimate and have a community of like-minded individuals to to raise up uh, people's belief and faith. And I love what you're doing. It's great.
2: I had to put John's work to the test, you know. You did. I got a devotional on joy. <laughs> did you? I was <laughs> working for me. You smile yeah. more afterwards. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, though, John, you're you're joy, You're, John, you're John. yeah exactly. <laughs> you're a talented writer. And I, the, what what I love about the way you write in these devotionals is that you you oftentimes just use very practical illustrations around us, uh, just like you talked earlier about the tomato plant Oh,
1: I know. You can visualize and, it. It's great. Yeah.
2: So I think those are some of the best. Keys to helping us learn, but I wanted to ask you: Are are the books listed? Are your devotionals listed on your Fresh Faith uh, website?
0: Yeah, freshfaith247.com. They're there. Uh, also on Amazon is where they're they're released, and um, on the Fresh Faith twenty four seven site as well. If you want to try out the membership in the community, uh, you can try that out for thirty days. You know, thirty days free. See if you if you like, if it fits. So you can dive into the devotional video devotionals. You. Uh, twice a week. We do fresh bread live. So early in the morning, we get together for 10 minutes and I share a little bit and encourage comments. <laughs>
1: that's <minute. I> don't <laughs>
0: <know>. <laughs> Less than 10. So you got to have fresh bread in the morning. So oh. I serve it up. You can oh. smell it. Oh, um, nice. uh, so, so, so we just do that. And then of course the community and Wendy, you said something really important is being around other people and being around like-minded uh, believers I say those of us in the fresh faith community are um, a movement of believers who are desperate to know Jesus mm. that we're really desperate to know Jesus and if until we get to that point we're not going to leave what we're doing
1: yeah
0: until we're desperate and we said i give up lord uh, and and come to him and surrender ourselves but being around like-minded believers mm. who who want to live that way? Who are going through that journey? Who are as broken as as you are? I'm broken. I'm I'm learning from others who are going through this journey too. Wherever we look, it's just totally against really coming to to know Christ deeper as Paul did. So we have to we have to fight
2: against that. We need other people to help us do it. Yeah. That's good. That is very good,
0: mm-hmm.
2: John. Two more quick questions before I let you go. All right. Ready for this? Uh, I'm I don't ready. Know if I am because you just looked at me Uh-oh. funny. Drum like, what roll. Is what is ask? this? <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just curious because You'd you've you, you've shared a little bit about your life. We have a little feel for who you are. But but share one thing about you that, that nobody knows about.
1: That we don't know. Oh yeah. Something
2: a little something a little bit
1: like do you have a hidden talent? Different. Do you have-
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I do elephant imitations. Let me see Wait, what, what else.
1: Uh- <laughs> I want to hear that.
0: <laughs> oh, that's okay. Uh fried eggs and bacon. Do the- I only do those for the grandchildren. <laughs> um, boy, something it didn't, yeah, something no, little, you just really put me on the spot here. Of
2: course. <laughs> There's something about you that people go like, Oh, that's really strange. The guy grows tomato plants. How about that? <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, let me see here. Um, oh, I know here, here's a good one. Told you I'm a Dodger fan. My first day in California, um, was, uh, the year 1978 Dodgers were in the world series. And I went ahead and, um. The next morning, I got up and went to Dodger Stadium without a ticket to the World Series. I was second in line at the at the gate. The gate wasn't even open yet for the cars, the parking lot, because it was five hours before game time. And uh, I ended up getting a ticket to the World Series for $15. Oh, my oh, word. Wow. All right. $15. That's,
1: that's, that's pretty amazing. Awesome. Of
2: course, that's way back when. <laughs> but that's, still, when you know.
1: <laughs> that's That's incredible. That's fun. Uh, I love it. John, one more question, put you on the spot. uh, Okay.
2: One more question, put you on the spot. Uh, What if I wanted to ask a question? Oh, Can can I ask you a question to put you on the spot? (laughs) Absolutely (laughs)
1: not.
2: Not. (laughs) Uh, Maybe on your podcast. (laughs) So what's the one word or a phrase uh, that could sum up the entirety of who you are as a person?
0: One word or phrase. I think right now, knowing Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to sign my emails knowing Jesus. And that's who I really, who I really want to be. And that's at this point in life, that's i'm saying that that is that's what it's all about because everything else stems from there mm-hmm. uh, and i i really want to know jesus i'm inspired by paul uh who who really really knew jesus
1: i love it john and yeah. and we are inspired by you yeah. and we thank you so much it's for being oh. on your biggest breakthrough because that is um you know you're leading by example mm-hmm. and that's such a beautiful thing that we can uh, just hear your story and hear your passion and to encourage others to just know, know Jesus. Jesus. That's good. So um, thank you so much for your time. God bless you. God bless your, your um, 24, your fresh faith, two, four twenty seven, I say two, four, seven, but 24 7. Mm-hmm. Com. I know it's going to bless many and it's mm-hmm. going to be an incredible uh, continue to be a cred- incredible community. So thank you for all you do.
0: Oh, thanks. All God right. bless you. Thanks God bless you. Thanks
1: for, you. Thanks for being on. Oh wow, that was a really awesome podcast, right? Like, yeah, you know, just, no, yeah. It, we always have awesome podcasts. I well, always kind of say that That was really good. That's they're really only
2: good. awesome because the, the the people that are our guests have got such great stories, and they're all very open and yeah. honest and vulnerable and transparent. Authentic, and yep. You know, nobody's got it all it's together. It very
1: intimate, doesn't it? It,
2: it does feel it's a very good. Way to pick up on that. Yeah.
1: Intimacy. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, we thank you so much for tuning in, as always, on your biggest breakthrough. And um, we encourage you, please, to subscribe, yeah. share the podcast, and leave a rating and a not just a review, but a raving review. Come on now. Come on. Just share the love. Say, people. Look,
2: one sentence long. That's all you got to do. One <laughs> sentence long. It really helps.
1: Yes, it does. And also, you can find us on our social media pages. And, of course, our website, uh, yourbiggestbreakthrough.com. But blessings to you and thank you for joining us. We'll catch you next week, same time, same place on Your Biggest Breakthrough. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, we love spending time with you right here on Your Biggest Breakthrough podcast. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. But until then, just head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment and we would love to dialogue with you there. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.